Ladies and gentlemen, here's Shirley Lin with In the Spotlight. Welcome to In the Spotlight. I'm Shirley Lin. Amanda Harvey is from Australia, but she has been in Taiwan for 17 years. She is the founder of You and Me Taiwan, which is a platform for connecting groups of people, companies, and individuals within Taiwan to help them with international communications, team building, creative thinking, etc., etc. Amanda is also a communications coach and a counselor in mindset training. Last week, she was talking about her life before Taiwan. Today, we're going to begin with more in-depth understanding of mindset training. Yeah, so besides you and me, Taiwan, you've got this part, uh, it's mindset training. That, of course, also involves communicating. Absolutely. But mindset makes me think of like, you know, just what they're thinking in their mind. And you're helping them kind of organize their thoughts or something? (laughs) Well, mindset, basically the way that I would define mindset is the um, set patterns and habits of belief and thought that people have about themselves and about the world in general. So, you know, the things that people think that they are or aren't good at, the things that people believe are possible for themselves um, or that are possible in general, I think all is a really important part of mindset. And it's also about attitude. So, you know, whether someone generally has a more positive kind of optimistic attitude or tends to see the negative side of things, but specifically it's what people believe to be true. I'm probably going to be jumping around a lot because I've got That's all these fine. questions, you know, or questions in my mind. <laughs> I can try um, some jumping too. <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe because I've never really taken like self-improvement kind of classes. Right. I, I, I guess I couldn't really imagine what that is like. I mean, in the right. actual workshop itself. Right. When you do them on Zoom, how many students to to one teacher? That, it, that's, it varies. It varies. Um, it definitely varies. I've what, tried, you just said something about 50. Uh, that is actually what I've done more in person. Right. With okay. a group of 50. Now with Zoom, you can't do um, 50, right? Well, you technically can, but so far yeah. I haven't. This yeah. is actually stuff that I'm really just kind of playing with at the moment, seeing yeah. what kind of configurations work, yeah. um, whether small groups are better, whether it does work for bigger groups. But I do think that what I'm actually doing with my mindset training, the focus that I have at the moment is actually could work with really any number of people because mm. it's actually for people to work individually with me guiding them. Mm -hmm. So giving them a set of questions to go through and getting them to actually think about their answers and then to think about ways in which this is helping them or not helping them. Mm -hmm. And then the parts that are not helping them, how they can actually start to make those particular areas of their thinking or their mindset how to gradually begin to change those because it is definitely a gradual process. It's not that somebody's going to go from thinking I'm a failure to thinking, you know, the world is my oyster overnight. That's a really big jump. Um, But for someone that feels that things are not going the way that they want them to in some particular area, for them at least to then go through some steps of at least believing that 
it could be possible for them to be more optimistic and for things to go a little bit more the way that they would like them to go. Mm. So just gradually helping them to retrain their thinking um, to be more optimistic. So these clients, they don't just take one workshop with you. I mean, it's a continuous kind of thing. Yes. Well, I've actually, I did for a few years, um, a few years ago, I had an online life coaching business, Mm. which was working um, one by one with people. Yeah, I figured. And I really loved doing that. And Mm. the people that I worked with really loved the work that we did together. And that was something that was a really nice part of my career at that stage. What I found at that time was that my kids were younger and doing that and then also I was getting more demand for doing things in person, not only in Taiwan, but also around Asia. So I felt that it was a little bit hard to try and juggle everything. So mm-hmm. at that point, I shut down my life coaching site. Oh, I see. Um, but now this year, especially because of the pandemic and not having as much travel available or not doing as much in-person um, face-to-face work as what I was doing, say, a year ago, I actually decided to start a new um, website and a new online um, training business. Uh, and life I decided, coaching, you mean? Well, to actually not do – life coaching is very broad, and I decided okay. to make it a little bit more specific this time and to actually focus on the thing that I'm most interested in and I think is most important is kind of at the basis of really, I think, everything, which is people's mindset oh, okay. um, and people's beliefs about things yeah. and to work with them specifically on that. So not not necessarily helping them to figure out what is the best career for them, but helping them to get to the place where they actually can um, use their own thought processes in a more productive way. Can you talk about one particular example, maybe? Like, yes. um, can I say a success case? A su- yes, a yeah, success case. Yeah, in Taiwan. Case. In Taiwan, talking about um, mindset training or talking about... Anything. Okay, um, well, basically working with a group of teachers who um, are actually teaching English and for them to get to the point where they were much more confident in their teaching abilities, getting better results from their students, um, even classroom discipline, they were able to handle that better after I did this training program with them. You're talking about Taiwanese teachers teaching English? Yes. yes. And they're like what, uh, elementary school teachers or? Yes. They are. Elementary school. Wow. Okay. So that was one particular example. And education is actually something that I really am quite passionate passionate about as well because I think that teaching kids and I think, you know, it just all kind of ties in together. As you mentioned, Taiwan has the goal of becoming um, a bilingual country. And I think that, you know, giving people, especially kids, the opportunity to actually use their English more and Mm. to create, you know, more realistic situations for them and just making it practical, making it something that they can actually connect with. What's it been like teaching Taiwanese people and what kind of clients are you getting mostly? That are coming to you and, you know, opening up workshops with you and well, I've done this a, benefit from you. I've worked with a variety of people in really, a, in really a lot of different types of areas, wow. um, ranging from technology to healthcare. And they um, come to you. They know about you. They come to you. I, I mean, you didn't have to I approach also, them. No, I do also okay. sometimes connect with people to introduce my company because I think that my company is not necessarily all that well known yet. Uh-huh. And so 
it's no point having a really fantastic service that I can offer if nobody knows that it exists. So I think it's important for me to also connect with people, meet people, let people know what I'm doing. Uh Um, But I think that as time goes by and what I've found in the past is that when people get to know about you and then they will tell other people about it as well. So I think that it does take time. You're listening to In the Spotlight with Shirley Lin. What's your impression of Taiwan? It's um, a lot of things, really, Shirley. Uh, I think, you know, the biggest thing is the people. Taiwanese Mm. people are amazing. I mean, they're just friendly and they're warm and they're inclusive. And I find overall non-judgmental that they will accept people and not necessarily make, you know, have preconceptions about somebody based on where they're from. From the first moment that I arrived in Taiwan, and I didn't come to Taiwan with any long-term plan, I came here (laughs) to see my husband and I having been in various different countries. We were like, let's try Taiwan. (laughs) (laughs) And I arrived and um, the first moment that I got out of the airport and, you know, other than noticing the intense humidity, what I noticed was just a really warm and and friendly feeling, family-oriented. I think that's another thing that I really like about Taiwan is that it's a very family-oriented place. How, how, Uh, how How do you sense that? Family oriented. I just noticed that, you know, all ages of people interact really well with each other, that it's not. And that's something I noticed just from my early days in Taiwan is that, you know, teenagers taking care of their parents or grandparents and grandparents taking care of little children. And so it is really like a warm family kind of feeling and very inclusive. Right. Like living under the same roof with your in laws kind of thing, right? Yes. Yes. Which. Doesn't know. always work doesn't always for work. everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a, a Taiwanese mother-in-law, so I'm okay there. <laughs> I believe that can be challenging, like in any culture. Yes, yes, it's true. Oh. It's true. But yeah, the yeah. people definitely, I think, okay. you know, are one of the things. And just, just the feeling, the atmosphere. I have felt, you know, since I've been in Taiwan, that it's just been a really nice place to be. It's quite relaxed. People are not, you know, they're not that serious a lot of times about things like that. Um, I think, you know just the relaxed style as well. I came before Taiwan, I was in Seoul in South Korea. Uh And that's very, very fast paced. And, Mm. you know, people are very serious overall. And um, just even the style of clothing. I mean, I like quite a relaxed lifestyle. And in Seoul, people are dressed up and made up, you know, to the the max. Uh, I've not been to to, Seoul yet. You need to put on your three inch heels just to walk down to the convenience store, (laughs) (laughs) like an inch of makeup. Um, Apparently Japan's like that too. Yeah, Yeah. right. I think Korea, I noticed, especially there, is very, very um, Uh appearance conscious. And uh and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, it can be really nice and stylish. But I think for me, Taiwan is a little bit more relaxed. And I feel that I don't have to be so um, necessarily so formal all the time. I can just be more myself. And I feel maybe some kind of comparison to Australia as well. Uh, I feel that that Taiwan and Australia have some things in common, just being fairly relaxed and Uh, the people being quite friendly and helpful. What about the food and everything? Is that all? Of course, I love the food. (laughs) 
<laughs> the food is great. <laughs> I've always loved Asian food. Even yeah. when I lived in Australia, I actually, prior to leaving Australia, I lived really close to Chinatown and I used to eat Chinese food like at least three times a week. Oh. <laughs> and it's funny, but that's one of the things when I was living in Portugal, I missed good Chinese food. Oh. <laughs> I really did. Yeah. They, at that time, I mean, that was 20 years ago, there was no good Chinese food. We found one Chinese restaurant in Portugal and it was terrible. It was like <laughs> nothing like what I'd had before. So, you tried yeah, to learn Chinese cooking? Um, I'm not a cook. My husband oh. is a great cook um, oh. and he can cook all different kinds of styles. He does, really? basically, he does kind of a fusion of a lot of different things. Oh my goodness. Um, not a typical uh-huh. um, style of any particular one oh. nationality. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, well, I think we don't need to cook Chinese food because we can go out the door and eat fabulous I food know. everywhere here. That's the other thing, the convenience here yes. in Taiwan, right? Really convenient. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Having the population. I mean, the population of Taiwan is basically the same population as Australia, but we are spread <laughs> out so far. <laughs> like yes. You've just got to go a really long way for anything in right. Australia. I mean, yeah. in the cities, not as much, but right. still, it's just here is really convenient. Yeah. And oh. the opening hours, too. I mean, you can buy anything at any time in Taiwan. That's right. In Australia, when I was there, and it may be a little different now, but, you know, there were closing times. Like, if you wanted to shop after six, there are 24-hour supermarkets and yeah. things like that, okay. but a lot of shops will close at six o'clock oh really evening so oh wow yeah. What advice do you have to Taiwanese people in terms of, you know, your specialty? Yes. Right? Or what have you seen mm-hmm. in Taiwanese people? Mm-hmm. And what what areas do you see probably needs improvement that mm-hmm. people Taiwanese people can do better? I think one thing really is to develop confidence. And that's easier said than done. But I think that a lot of Taiwanese people, even who have a lot of expertise in their particular fields, don't always have the confidence to communicate that. And I know that part of that is language skills. Um, that it's not necessarily that easy to come across as professional even if you have knowledge, it's like if you asked me to talk about my specialty in Chinese, it would be way, way harder for me to do that. Yeah. I wouldn't probably do a very good job at all. But just to believe in their own abilities, to have the confidence even to just speak up and, and you know, to really try and, and make yourself understood whether or not you think that you can express yourself perfectly or not. But I do think that just daring to actually speak up and be heard. Um, I do think it's a cultural thing as well. And sometimes that can be a little bit of an obstacle in dealing in the international kind of arena, because in Taiwanese culture, it's not really a done thing to to kind of toot your own horn, so to speak, uh-huh. to talk about how great you are at something. Whereas in Western culture, we do a little bit more of that. You know, oh. we're not shy in, in actually expressing. Oh, it's actually know, the shyness, we, right? Yes, yes shyness, that issue, I think, yeah. definitely. Yeah. yeah, shyness yeah. can really be a question. So how can people find you? I mean, do you have a website? The best ways for people to contact me would be maybe to send me a request on LinkedIn. Amanda Harvey in Taiwan. I think there's a lot of Amanda Harveys in the world, oh. but I might be the only one in Taiwan. Thank you, Amanda. Shirley, thank you so much. 